Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on Power Your Life. And I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here. Many of us go through challenges with respect to our health and feeling stronger physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and also searching and seeking out what's re- what we can really do to create more health and more vigor and feel better about our lives and feel better about ourselves. And I actually have a wonderful guest who's going to help us look at how you and I and all of us can reclaim our wellness. And I'm talking about Jovanka Sierres, who is a former entertainment executive turned integrative herbalist, wellness expert, detox specialist, nutrition educator, as well as an author, and her new book is Reclaiming Wellness. She's the creator of the Wellness Smackdown, an online wellness and learning community for healthy living and featured on the first season of ABC's My Diet is Better Than Yours. Jovanka offers lectures, workshops, and wellness coaching in English as well as Spanish. After years of suffering from IBS, ulcers, and fibroids, Jovanka embraced alternative therapies like Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, and herbalism. Her journey towards self-healing, peace, and happiness became her motivation to inspire and support hundreds of others to do the same. Jovanka is a featured expert at People Magazine, Entertainment Tonight, Whole Foods, Fox News, LA, CBS Radio, and more. And she's also a regular contributor in Spanish language media outlets like Telemundo, and a contributing guest expert at the Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, Blog Her, and Positively Positive. Welcome, Jovanka Ciaras. Thank you, you so are much for having me. <laughs> I appreciate that. My pleasure. So we were talking a little bit about sort of how, how, well, I was telling you about my story just very briefly, but I want our listeners to hear your story because it sounds like you you went through a lot of trials and tribulations to get your health back before you entertained and, and embraced a different kind of wellness. So would you yeah. share journey with with our listeners? 
Absolutely. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Uh, I had what now I believe to be an idyllic childhood. I was in touch with the earth. We had access to the ocean and the rainforest. And I remember the neighbors sharing from their fruit trees. So we were eating foods and, and really commuting with nature the way that nature intended. And then I moved to the United States when I was a young adult to study and build a career. And I also moved away from that lifestyle. So like a lot of young people, I felt like I need to eat what young hip people eat, <laughs> which included a lot of pizza and fast foods and all kinds of other stuff. And my body gave me what I like to call a smackdown in the form of diseases that were chronic in nature by Western medicine standard, not curable, but also not life-threatening. So they were a blessing in disguise. And I, because Western medicine didn't have any solutions for me, I decided to look elsewhere. So I started, first of all, changing my diet and slowly going back to the way I was eating when I was young, and then embracing other alternative treatments like Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, Western herbalism, mindfulness techniques, etc. And what happened was that my body started to react and heal and that became a big passion not only because I saw it uh, firsthand in my own experience but because I started to realize that this information should be made available to anyone and that's when I started my journey as a coach a nutrition educator and a herbalist. You know it's so important because we really need to be able to have access to alternative ways of of taking care of our bodies and taking care of ourselves yeah. and, and so it's so wonderful that you that you've done that and many of yeah. us have to look elsewhere and I'm, I'm not knocking traditional medicine I'm just saying that some of us need something beyond that to help us move forward into a more healthy and healthier Absolutely. lifestyle yeah, I believe so, that it's just to give you a really quick recap. It's very, it's a lot easier for us to embrace both, right? Recognize the power of Western medicine and its ability to help us heal to some respect. But Eastern medicine traditions and traditional medicine traditions can help us prevent the trips to the Western medicine doctors, if you will. Yeah, and prevent and being able to prevent something is is far better than than having to deal with it and then having to deal with the outcome and also kind of medication that our bodies may not really in well they may reject and not really feel good about and that's so important. Now, I want to mm-hmm. focus a little bit on your book and then we'll get back to all of this stuff. But before we do, many people, many of our listeners are not familiar with Ayurvedic medicine. I am, but can you share a little bit about what that is for our listeners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ayurveda is the Eastern medicine tradition of places like India and Southeast Asia. Is a really robust system uh, that not only encompasses medicine, but preventative treatments. And even what we know today as movement, like yoga, technically under the umbrella of Ayurveda, um, even modern science, modern surgery stems in its rudimentary uh, roots 
from Ayurveda. And it is a really incredible tradition. It's about 6,000 years old. And it, in, it includes foods, herbs, and other practices to help you restore balance with the belief that not only every single one of us is a universe, but every single one of us, regardless of whatever blueprint we came into this plane with, we are perfect as we are, and we get out of balance when, when life happens, <laughs> and it, that's okay. And we use foods, herbs, and other practices to help us restore balance. That's what we call healing in Ayurveda. <laughs> Excuse me. Beautiful. Now, tell us a little bit more about, excuse me, why you wrote the book, Reclaiming Mm -hmm. Wellness. I love the title. Yeah. You know, the book came to be at the beginning of the pandemic. I remember, like everybody else, I was sitting in front of the screens looking at all the statistics. And and you probably remember the the news that... uh, Certain people, especially people of color or people from a lower economic um, places in society, were struggling with the disease more than others were because they had comorbidities, they had more severe diseases and, and potentially worse outcomes than other populations. And I started to realize a lot of these practices, not only the practices that I in, embrace, but the ones that I recommend to my clients, stem from faraway lands and faraway times of what we know today as multicultural communities. Certainly in the United States, Canada, and other Western world countries, these are considered multicultural communities. And so it became a big passion. I started this uh, educational initiative called the Reclaiming Wellness Initiative to educate those people for, to, at low to no cost on how to reclaim the practices that were part of their ancestry with the idea that if we can get excited and inspired to reclaim our own history, our own ancestry, then we can also embrace the practices and reclaim our natural state of wellness. So from what I learned in the, in the classes, and I still give the classes, I, um, I wrote the book. And the book embraces seven different buckets of wellness practices, and within each bucket you'll find two or three different practices that you can reclaim. You can learn about their history, learn how modern medicine is embracing them as well, and how you, regardless of your socioeconomic background, can also embrace them. You know, it's so important to be able to to have access to that knowledge for all of us, and and what I find is most interesting when you were talking at the very beginning about your roots, I mean, many, many people have connections to the, well, we all do to some, to some extent, but to the earth and to foods that are growing naturally, and, and mm-hmm. often many of us have steered away from that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. which can be a contributing factor to illness and to not being as robust as you're talking about in terms of our health. How would you define wellness for our audience? That's a really good question because it's the kind that if you ask 10 different experts, you'll get 10 different answers. And that's okay. I think um, it it will mean different things to different people. To me, wellness is an active verb. 
is the daily actions, the daily choices you make to help you restore balance. Again, with the realization that your definition of balance might be completely different than mine. For example, if you are somebody that is struggling, uh, just finished a, a chemo treatment and your body is now trying to heal and stay in a place where you're cancer-free, your balance is going to look rather different for someone like me who, in theory, doesn't have any serious life-threatening conditions. But every single choice you make to reduce stress, to eat better, to move your body, to honor this amazing machine, uh, the connection that we have with Earth, Every single choice we make, every action we take every day, to me, is practicing wellness. And, you know, that's so important because we can, I know that just something personal, many years ago I had some diagnoses in terms of stomach stuff and whatever and, and was given medication. And, I, and I'm not somebody that likes to take medication, so I search for alternative ways. And really healed myself through diet mm-hmm. rather than medication. And so I find that that's, for me, again, every, like you said, everybody's different, but that's the mm-hmm. way that, that I like to live and, and keep my body in a state of wellness. How, you talked about your book a little bit and some, some of the interesting aspects of wellness. Is there something important that, pops into your head right now that you want to share with our listeners about wellness that they they can do for themselves and yes I know everybody's different yeah 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 absolutely you know as an herbalist I always gravitate towards the plants Uh, there's there's two main reasons for that in this society where we need instant gratification, where we want to take a pill that will solve all of our problems in the span of just one hour, herbs are a great alternative. They are ubiquitous. Every culture around the world has used them. The safety data behind them is ubiquitous. They're some of the best, most well-studied substances on earth. And they have the ability to help us feel something relatively quickly, right? The best example is coffee. It's a botanical, it's a plant, and once we consume it, we feel something different. In a matter of 10, 15, 20 minutes, you're more alert, and when you don't consume it, you just you, you miss it, you need it. But just beyond coffee or tea, there's many other botanicals out there that could help you with almost anything that you might be struggling with. Whether it is in tea form, in powder form, in pill form, in tincture form, you can experiment in a safe way. Find the ones that actually help you or you believe that will help you. Try them for a few days. The investment is minimal, just maybe less than $20 for a box of tea or or a a bottle of tincture. And within a matter of like 10, 20 minutes, sometimes maybe an hour in some cases, you'll start noticing the changes within your body, and then you start becoming more and more excited about the possibility of using more. And I I totally agree with you. It's so important. I use turmeric for inflammation and pain Mm -hmm. (laughs) rather than something else that that somebody else would prescribe. And I, I think going that route that you're describing, I think we feel better about it. We don't have any 
symptoms from taking something because these are all natural Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. it helps us to improve our lives and ourselves and that that's that's the key piece of it yeah now when you work with other people sorry go ahead when you work with other yeah go ahead when you work with other people in your workshops, what's one of the main questions that that people are always concerned about with respect to their own wellness? Mm. You know, these days, the biggest issue is stress and anxiety. I think the world is in turmoil. There's a lot going on with the news. But even within our little universes, right, within our own work or family environments, we're not well. We're not really. It's a, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier that we have moved away from connecting with nature. So just yesterday I was giving a, a lecture on how to reduce stress and anxiety. And uh, there's two things that I, that I told uh, these people and I wanted to share with your audience. The first one is I, I always tell people reclaim your space and reclaim your time. And what does that mean? On Saturday or Sunday, the day that you have a little bit more time to do this exercise, walk around your home and find the one space that you believe you can reclaim. It may be your yard or your patio or your balcony or a den or a spare bedroom or maybe even just a bathroom. And then after that, find in your week the 20 minutes that you believe that space will be yours and only yours. And that might mean for a a busy mother, it might mean that she has to wake up maybe half an hour before everybody else so that then she can go to the bathroom and listen to a podcast or do her meditation or take her tea and have a good cry or whatever it is that she needs to do to help her reconnect with that inner self, that inner part of her, her. To me, those two things are incredibly important because especially women, and I'm not saying that men don't struggle with this, but women are natural givers. We're very generous with our time, with our energy. We give, 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 and there's not enough replenishing. And we absolutely need to be a teensy bit selfish about reclaiming our space and our time so that we can replenish them. There could be more of us to to take care of our loved ones. And that's so very important, and and it is important to to have a space, and and also to have some kind of techniques that you utilize to to be in that space. Now, you you talk a lot about going within, and and that's something that I do on a regular basis. What does that mean? And give our listeners some examples of how they can do that. Yeah. Going within is essentially the, the practices, practice or practices that will help you connect body with mind and soul. And I separate mind and soul because, especially in communities of color, this is from my own experience as a woman of color, you notice that people tend to put a wall up as soon as you start talking about spirituality because a lot of people have a very conscious spiritual practice or religious practice. And in the book, I talk about how you can practice a bunch of these amazing wellness routines that do not interfere with your own spiritual or religious belief system. In fact, the concept of praying 
is a form of going within, right? The only difference is that instead of us seeing the creator as somebody that or something that is apart from us, separate from us, we'll start noticing the connection between the two and finding ways that we connect that spiritual self with the emotional self because we could be very spiritual and go to church or to mosque or to temple every single week, but then we get out of there and we're angry at the world and we're like cursing at people and we're just like fighting with our spouses. And so is our emotional home truly as healthy as we believe our spiritual home is? How can we connect the two so that we can live the best life we can? I mentioned a handful of things. I mentioned the concept of visualization. I give exercises on how to meditate. One of the meditations is a moving meditation for those people that can't stay stay still. And then I talk a lot about hypnosis because in my experience, hypnosis is one of the most powerful healing mechanisms for the mind and the soul. And unfortunately, it's had a really bad reputation for many years. And especially Christians and people that are really religious feel a disconnect. They feel like this is the kind of stuff that is woo-woo, it's not acceptable, and nothing could be farther from the truth. Both the thousands of years of anecdotal evidence and modern science can corroborate how powerful the practice of hypnosis can be for our well-being. You know, that's so true, and, and, and I work with clients with hypnotherapy and hypnosis, and like you said, the, when, when people are first talking about it, they, they, they think or they, they've seen something on TV where you could bark like a dog or, you know, which, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's about being able to go deeper within yourself and be mm-hmm. able to shift some things that you may not be able to do on the conscious level, but also do so with some awareness, and, and that's so very important. I'm one of those people that you mentioned that meditates walking. I do what's called a power walk in the morning, and it's amazing that you can do that not just by sitting still and and receive guidance and quiet your mind and connect with nature and get all sorts of beautiful messages and and a sense of balance so i love the fact that you brought that up too because many people think meditation is that you just have to sit still and like you said not everybody can do that so there are alternatives to being able to to receive guidance and to quiet the mind that way now what else do you recommend to people that come to you that may have don't feel good about their bodies, don't feel good about who they are, and, and they're, they're searching for ways to feel better. What, mm-hmm. what's, what's questions and, and ways that you begin with somebody? Yeah. I mean, normally when I talk to individuals in my, in my practice, uh, we, we sit for at least 35, 40 minutes talking about their lifestyle and about their their history, and even their family history, because too many of us are so used to the, you know, the proverbial people with the white coats that all, all they have is five minutes, and they might be an expert in the one time, tiny body part, but they're not talking to you about how are you eating, how are you, how are you digesting, are you constipated, are you, are you angry, you know, like just a, a myriad of questions that you ask somebody 
And the very the most important reason beyond the the concept of trying to understand somebody's full history is to help a client understand that they are important, right? And and that they can be empowered to then go to a doctor or to a professional with the tools that they need to help them, you know, build a a picture and and come up with a treatment from there. The, one of the first things that I tell clients all the time is that you are an expert in you. Nobody else is an expert in you. But you have to have absolute clarity. If you know that you're going to somebody's practice and that person only has 10 minutes for you, then you need to make sure that it's clear what you need, why do you need it, and and give that person all the information that they need in order to make an informed decision. Don't go in there kind of like, well, something is happening, but let me see. I, I don't know how to explain it, though. You've been struggling with whatever you're struggling for. Chances are for weeks, if not months. So have, have clarity. So one of the things that I help clients do is to have a lot of clarity about what their bodies are telling them because our bodies are constantly talking to us. Uh, so I ask people to write a, in a journal for the first seven days, every time you put something in your body, whether it is a thought or a piece of food, just write maybe a word or a phrase. You know, five minutes after I eat, I felt this way. You know, te- half an hour after I talked to that person, I felt this way. 24 hours after that particular experience, this is how I felt. This is what my body was telling me. I got uh, bloated, I got constipated, I got gassy, I got a headache, I tensed up my jaw or my shoulders. You will be really surprised how much your body is telling you once you actually pay attention. You know, and I totally agree with that. Our bodies constantly give us message, and it's it's our job to pay attention to decipher what those, medicine, those messages are, and they're usually very powerful. And if we don't pay attention, <laughs> stronger so that it's like you have to pay attention, right? And, and I also love what you said, Javanka, in terms of we are experts, because that's so important, and I do that too with my clients. They need to know that you're living with yourself. You're, you're you know, with your body, mind, soul, spirit, and you know you more than anybody else, including a a doctor or a nutritionist or whatever. So you have to be able to have that, firstly, that sense of of strength, inner strength, and also Mm -hmm. being able to represent yourself in the way that you need to. So that's so important. Now, you have a a a methodology, I'll say, in, in in your book that's about, well, it's called replace. And reduce, 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 and reduce. And yeah, what does that mean? To, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is a. Uh, I guess a methodology is a good word that I created as a way to help people build new habits, and it could be extrapolated to almost anything you want to build in your life. And it's the concept is is relatively simple. It takes every human, on average, twenty one to twenty eight days to build a new habit. And humans don't right. like gaps. We don't like spaces. We don't like to live, to leave spaces. We will fill that up with stuff. So if instead, instead of me telling you, well, you have to, you have to re- remove 
soda from your diet because it's really bad for you, and you are the kind that drinks, for example, four cups of soda a day, you know, building that new habit cold turkey is going to be nearly impossible. You're going to remove the soda, and then you're going to leave a gap, and it's going to be problematic because you're going to fill it with something else, and God knows what would that be. So if instead (laughs) you say, you know, today I'm just going to reduce my soda consumption by one cup a day, and I'm going to replace that with something really good. It could be herbal tea. It could be infused water. It could be a bowl of fruit that's mostly water as well. So it's going to be hydrating. It's going to have a little bit of flavor. It's going to help me build that new habit. And maybe I'll just give that a day or two and see how I feel. And then maybe on day three or four, I reduce a little bit more. Maybe it's by two cups of soda. And then I replace with something else, perhaps, or maybe this, the, more of the same that is already working well for you. And you do that day in and day out for the first 21 to 28 days. Chances are at the end of those 28 days, you have reduced your soda consumption significantly, if not entirely, and have replaced that, that old habit with something incredible for you. And that is so important. You know, when I was, like, really young, I used to drink so much soda, and I can't even touch it now. I mean, <laughs> nor would I care to. But but it, it's important because oftentimes when people go cold turkey, like you said, there's a feeling of loss. And then they do yeah. something to try cover that up or make and it's often making bad choices that that does that doesn't really help them at all and and sometimes can make them feel worse so so i love that reduce and replace methodology because it's it's gentler it's taking you through that in in a softer way so that you your body has that sense of balance as you're going through it and it's not so devastating in terms of just cutting (laughs) Really, you and I both know how upset people can get when when they have to do that cold turkey. So that's important. You talk about music and sound, which I love because I utilize that too. Tell Tell our listeners what that does for us and how important that is for all of us in terms of our health and our wellness. Yeah. Yeah, you know, music was my first love. Uh, I was a musician for years, and I come from a very musical family. So it only made sense that I incorporated it because I know um, both professionally and, and emotionally as a human living this experience how how powerful music can be. Music is the stuff that has been with us since before we were born. In utero, we, we could recognize our mother's voice and, and the rhythm of, of her walking. It's, it's, I believe that it's one of the few, if not the only thing in this human experience that could help evoke almost every emotion <laughs> in the human experience. It can help us emote. It can help us get angry and upset and excited and, 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 and moving and, and get us to do different things. In the modern era, we know music therapy could be really powerful to help people deal with trauma and heal from that trauma. But you don't need to go into a music therapy session to enjoy the benefits of music. And in the book, I, I grouped music with community because 
what there's no better way to enjoy music than in community. Even if you enjoy music alone, you're not really always alone. You're there with the musicians that performed and recorded that piece. And when your mind, when you allow your mind to wander with the rhythm and the melody, it'll take you places where you feel like you're connected with something beyond you. So to me, it's one of the most powerful healing mechanisms there is. And what's beautiful, and I totally agree, and what's beautiful about it, like you said, it embraces so many people, and and. It doesn't necessarily have to have words. It's the rhythm, the feel, mm-hmm. and and oftentimes the spirituality in my mind of it that brings forth so much joy and balance and connection as you're talking about. I also love movement, dancing because I yeah I was talking to a friend. She said, you know, a lot of people that a lot of younger people aren't dancing. And that's important because I think that's also something that we need to do in terms of creating more joy and balance and ease within ourselves. Absolutely. So tell our listeners more about the book and and what's the first step people need to take on their own path of wellness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the book is called Reclaiming Wellness, and so if you, it's available anywhere books are sold. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that I tell people all the time is whether it is with this book or, or with, you know, any practice that you learn from listening to a radio show or, or watching a documentary, whatever it is that you want to do to help you take that next step forward in your wellness path, Remember that when you do, you're not only honoring the people that came before you that not only passed that knowledge, but sacrificed so much for you to be where you are today. You're honoring them and their memory. You're honoring this amazing machine we call a body, which at the end of the day is the only home you have to live in. And you will pass on this amazing knowledge to the people that come after you, the next generation that will inherit the earth, but will inherit your wisdom as well. Beautifully stated. What do you want to leave our listeners with? I will tell the listeners to, I think a few minutes ago you said something about kindness, about uh, making the process easy. And uh, and it, re- I, it resonated with me because it's the one thing that I like people to take with them every day. We have to be kind to ourselves before we learn to be kind to others. Most people that are mean or bully-like, they, they, they struggle internally. So let's start by putting that proverbial mask on our face first before we help others. Give ourselves a little bit of self-love and a little bit of kindness and compassion before we can go out in the world and share some of our beautiful energy. You know, I love that, and and you're so right, Jovanka. Kindness and self-love are important, and acceptance. You know, we're not always where we want to be, and that's okay. We can be on that journey, but but embrace and accept where you are, like you said, with with some compassion and understanding patience, as well as that 
kindness and self-love. Tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can connect with you, and learn more about what to do with reclaiming their wellness. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, again, uh, the book is available anywhere books are sold. And I am on every social media, except for TikTok, now that I'm thinking about it, at Jovanka CRS. So if you type in Jovanka and Reclaiming Wellness, you'll find me pretty much anywhere uh, around the world. And my website, of course, is also uh, com. Beautiful. You are a beautiful soul, and I love what you're doing, and it's important for us to embrace that so that we can feel beautiful, energetic, balanced, and healthy. So thank you so much for what you're doing, not only for people, but for the world. You are a blessing. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me and for the wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful, blessed day, Javanka. Likewise. Thanks. So think about what Javanka Sierra said, because it's so important for you to recognize that you can be empowered and that you have the power within you to really find ways that can help sustain your health and make yourself feel good about and happier about yourself and happy about your life and be balanced and really feel that you're moving forward on your journey of life with more ways that really complement who you are and what your body needs on all different levels. And that's so very important. And one of the reasons that I call this show Power Your Life is because, again, and, and Jovanka said this beautifully, you have that ability within you. We can have more health, more wellness, more ease, more joy, more peace, and you have the ability to do that and to empower yourself and to power your life. It may not be, okay, all of it today, but that's okay. Little steps towards that make a very big difference. So decide today that you're going to take at least one step forward to better your life, to better your health, and to reclaim your wellness. If you want to get a hold of me, I'll give you the short version. Go to docwhite.org and know, again, that you are special and you have the ability within to move forward and feel better and gain more health. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.